So I want you to go to the book of Romans today. We're still teaching on this model prayer of the Lord's Prayer. And again, as I remind you, we've been taught that this is a prayer. It's not a prayer. It is a modeled prayer, a prayer language of how you instruct or build your prayer. <laughs> it's not a prayer. It is a modeled, instructional prayer language of how you pray to God. <laughs> we've taken this and we've made it out of a prayer. And so we miss the language in the prayer because we've made it a prayer. It is an instructional model of language that we use when we pray. He, he says in Matthew that, that he says when you pray, then pray it in this way. So when you pray, the first thing that you do is that you address him as father. After you address him, then you hollow his name. You cause his name to be made holy. You separate him. The, 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 the first thing that we do in our prayer language is that we separate him as father into his own place, heaven. We, 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 we separate him as the superiority or the superior being that, 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 that allows us to see him as being holy. And then we begin to pray. <laughs> Let your will be done on earth. Let your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. And so we talked about causing God's name to be hallowed on last week. We talked about the power of a name. And as I was finished, Elder Rahim, as I was finishing, I went in the back and I heard the question, um, how does one make God holy? <laughs> how does a believer allow God to be holy in his or her life? Graves, you can't go any further until you build upon that rock because a lot of times we're told what to do with God, but then we're not told how it happens in our life and how it applies to our life. How do we use this prayer to allow God not only to be holy to himself, but he's holy to you and I? <laughs> because see, God is holy to himself. But then there's another level when God becomes holy to you and I. What takes place in that? How, how do we build that? How does that look? It's not in your dress. <laughs> It's, it's, it's not in how long you pray, <laughs> because be reminded in Matthew 6, he says, be careful that you don't pray with meaningless rituals and words and, and things that you are accustomed to. And so the Lord took me over to Romans 12 and 1, and we've heard this taught on many times, on many occasions, but I really just want to bring this home for us as we prepare to go back into um, our prayer series. I thought about the title of 
make me holy. But then as I begin to think about it, um, Pastor Linda, I, I said, well, how can I make something holy that is already holy? Did y'all hear that? See, we have to be careful that we're not trying to make God something that he already is. Got to be careful that we don't make him holy. He's already holy. So my brother asked me, well, what is the title? I said, I, I really don't have a title because we can't make him holy. He's already holy. There, there's nothing that I can do to God to make him what he's going to be in my life. He's already my healer. He's already my provider. He's, he's already the judge. He, he's already everything that I need. I just have to do what? Allow him to become that to me. He's already God, but I have to allow him to be God in my life. We have to allow him to be Lord in our lives. We, we have to allow him to be the healer, to be the provider. We, we have to allow him to be the God that sanctifies and purifies. He has to become that to us. So, Father, we thank you now. We thank you for this moment. We thank you that the word of the Lord becomes rich, that the rhema word that is being taught on today, we thank you that the ears, the hearts, minds, spirits are connected to the teaching on today. I decree so that you increase. Let the people only hear you and see you. Father, I thank you that you've chosen me to be a just a simple reflection, an honest reflection of your words and the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Romans 12, 1. I'm going to be reading um, out of the Amplified Bible. I want to encourage you. You're not going to get this study through your cell phone. You got to get a Bible. You gotta get a Bible. I know that you got, you know, all the technology, but your study's not gonna do it through your cell phone. Um, I know some people are gonna say, "Well, Graves, this, you're not going to get this part of God's heart through your cell phone in church. You gotta have a Bible. You got, you gotta be able to read. It's like going to high school and you get your high school diploma because you did all your work on your cell phone. It's impossible. Impossible. So make sure you bring your Bible. Make sure you bring your Bible. If you are above the age of 14, 15, then you can ask mom and dad, instead of buying you the new shoes or buying you the new jeans, give me money for a Bible. All right? I want everybody to bring your Bible. I want you to have your Bible. I want my worship team, have your Bible. If you don't have your Bible in this season, you're saying that I really don't want to be connected. That's not hard, but I heard it when I came in. You got to tell the people, get their Bible. Because the study is going to be in this book. Everything that you need is going to be written in this book. Romans 12 and 2 out of Romans 12, 1 and 2. 
out of the Amplified says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart, as living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. Verse number two, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be ye transformed and progressively changed. <laughs> As you mature spiritually, by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. I want to read that again. Paul is talking to the Gentiles and he urges them and he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies, dedicating all of your service set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. Come on here, verse number two has a lot of meat in it. It says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be ye transformed, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. By the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. There's a lot of language here. There's a lot of instruction here. How does God become holy in my life? How do I allow God to be holy in my life? What does it mean that God is being made holy in my life? We've already established that God is holy. Paul says here, he says, I urge you, I, I urge, that, that Greek word there, I urge, uh, uh, Parakleo, it means to urge strongly, to make an appeal, to exhort, to encourage. Paul is encouraging, he's exhorting, he's making a plea, a strong plea to the Gentiles that they do what? That they present their bodies, that they present, when you look at that word present, Mother Williams, it's translated as to offer, to bring, or to present. Your bodies, your whole body, your personality, your likeness, your mind, your spirit and soul. He says, dedicating all of yourself, being set apart as what? As a living and holy, devoted, consecrated sacrifice. 
Paul says what? He says, if God is to be holy in your life, if God is to live and to become the head of your life before anything happens, he says one must do what? Present their bodies. Present your bodies, the living body, your, your body, your whole body, everything that is included in your, present it to him as what? A living and holy, devoted and consecrated set-apart sacrifice that is what? Well-pleasing to God, which is acceptable and has been approved. For God to become holy in my life, there has to be the urging that I present myself to him. That I present myself to him. So when we look at this, when we come before God, there has to be a presentation. There has to be a prepared, a postured, and a positioned presentation that allows me to present my body to God as a living sacrifice. So before I worship, before I give, before I pray, be, before I do anything, I, I should sense always the urging to present myself to him. The presentation. When we think about it in the, in the, in the Old Testament uh, ritualistic customs, the priest, it was all about the presentation. It was all about how they brought their offering to him. Uh, it was not so much uh, built in the offering, uh, but it was how they presented it to him. It had to be clean. It had to be uncontaminated, no spots, no blemishes. Uh, it, it had to be pure and holy. The priest, when he entered into the Holy of Holies, everything about him uh, uh, had, to, had to be connected to the presentation. A lot of times we come into the presence of God and we dishonor him in our presentation. We dishonor him because we're coming with nothing to bring. We're, we're coming to church upset. We're coming to church mad. We're, we're, we're coming to church with so many uh, issues on our minds. And, and I'm not saying that, that, that you can't do that. But there's a moment in the believer's life that we've got to be mature enough to understand that when we come before God, we must present our bodies as a living sacrifice, the, the, the sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, that is what? Well-pleasing to God. I like this. Which is your reasonable or your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship? God becomes holy in my life, your life, our lives, when we present our bodies 
as the living sacrifice. But not only just as the living sacrifice, uh, there, there has to be uh, times of separation. There has to be acts of devotion. Uh, there, there has to be moments of preparation. You can't just wake up and just walk in. There, there has to be time, study, devotion, prayer time. There, there has to be intimacy uh, before you can actually do what? Become the living sacrifice. Once you become the living sacrifice, then now the act of worship begins in your life. Present your bodies. Offer yourselves. I'm going to ask this question. When's the last time we as a body, we as a church, offered ourselves? With no complaint. When's the last time we, we really prepared ourselves to be the presentation, the act, the reflection of worship? How does God become holy in our lives? Uh, he moves further here. He says in verse 2, and this is where we're really going to settle. He says, don't be conformed. When you look at that word, uh, don't be molded or shaped. Any longer, any longer, look at the, look at the scriptures. Uh, don't be molded or shaped any longer with its superficial values and customs. Don't allow the values and the customs of, of this world to cause you to conform. When you know that you know that you know, don't begin to live out a lie because it's not working. And people tell you, you've been praying for three years and it hasn't happened. Maybe you should stop and start praying to this other thing over here. Or maybe you should start listening to this voice over here. Can I tell you, do not be conformed in your thinking, in your values, in the way that the world says that you should operate when you know that you know that God has been good to you. God has been kind to you. Uh, don't conform to the powers of this world. To the belief of this world that you really believe that you're married and you can have a girlfriend and still be married and say that you love God. The devil is a lie and God ain't living in you. You can't, you, you we can't live like that. I know that TV says that you can uh, uh, be married and divorced and have a boyfriend on the side and get pregnant with another kid and you haven't even legally left the marriage. Uh, we cannot conform to this system or this way of the world. Uh, you, you cannot sit here and tell me that God is living inside of you as a believer and you believe that going to the club and getting drunk and then you turn around and get up and lead worship on Sunday and you said that God is holy. The devil is a lie. You can't tell me that going to the club on Saturday night after come on now after you leave leadership and you put it on Facebook and you showing everybody that you got a drink in your hand and you're saying that God is holy the devil is a lie in your life 
God is not holy in your life and you leave church and you have just shouted and you've just given your tithe and you turn around and you put on Facebook that you cussing somebody out. The devil is a lie. He's a lie in your life. And God does not live in a temple where unclean things dwell. I know that this is not going to be another Sunday where we huck, buck, and shout. But you cannot shout when we begin to talk about lifestyle. Because why? He wants it to convict you so much that you change your ways. Paul says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies. Come on, look at that key word. The mercies, his compassion towards your misfortunes. Come on now. Uh, his compassions towards your sin. His compassion towards your failures I, I urge you by the mercies of God the heartfelt compassion of God to present your body as a living sacrifice the living sacrifice that is holy. Come on now. Uh, come on now. The sacrifice is not natural. The sacrifice is a holy sacrifice. Woo. That means that it's consecrated. That means that it's devoted. That means that it's committed unto God. It's been given back to God. Come on now. Your life has been given back to God. But he says here, and do not be conformed. Come on now. Molded or shaped. Come on now. When we look at that, God becomes holy in our lives. When you and I disagree with the conformity of the world's values and customs that do what? Devalue, disregard, and denounce the sovereignty of God. Come on now. God is not a man that he should lie. Come on now. You and I allow God to become holy in our lives when we disagree. I disagree with that. Well, you know, you can't judge me. No, 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 no. I'm not judging you. I disagree and I refuse to conform to that type of lifestyle. A lifestyle that denounces, disregards, and devalues that God is the sovereign God of the heavens and the earth. He is the sovereign God of the universe. He is the sovereign God in the White House. He is the sovereign God in the NBA. He's the sovereign God on your job. He's the sovereign God to the billionaires. He is the sovereign God. But anybody that denounces, disregards, and disvalues that he's sovereign in their life. I will not conform to that way of thinking. Without God, there is no life. Without God, there is no success. Without God, there is no hope. Without God, there is no peace. Without God, there is no true joy. Without God, there is no way of living life. Come on now. Think about it. See, this is where we got to get back to. We've got to put the fear, not, not the fear that causes you to run from God, but the fear that causes you to run to him because he's holy. holy. 
He's holy. He's righteous. He's omnipotent. He's powerful. He's great. He's mighty. He's awesome. Come on now. When you think about God being holy, you've got to be able to do what? Not conform to things that cause him not to be holy. Ooh. Things that cause him not to be holy. Come on now. We've got to be able to understand that you can't hang around stuff that ain't holy. That you can't be connected to stuff, and I'm getting ahead of myself, that ain't holy. Come on now. And you're saying that you're holy. Oh, no, no. Come on now. You can't be hanging around people that's cussing, smoking weed, doing all of the other stuff, and you're talking about, oh, those are my friends. The devil is a lie. Come on now. You can be my friend, but I don't have to hang out with you because your lifestyle doesn't conform with the holiness that God wants to be in my life. He wants to be holy. Woo. Come on now. Come on. How do we give and God's not holy in your life? How do we ask you for your tithe and God is not holy in your life? How do you give tithe and your tithe has not been set apart and devoted to a holy God? How do we just raise money in the church and we're not giving it to a God that's holy? Whoo. Come on now. When they gave to God, they gave to him because he was holy. Whew. That's why we can argue about the tithe. That's why we can put our own opinion on the tithe. He said that the tithe is holy. He said that it is the devoted thing that belongs to me. So how dare you rationalize what belongs to God? He never, he, 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 he never gave it to you to own it. He gave it to you so that you would be successful in him. Yes, Whew. Come on now. Not successful in yourself. Come on now. Come on, let's think about it. So now when you give, you got to think about it. Did I devote this to God? Or am I giving this because I don't want to get in trouble? Keep that in your pocket. Because does he really receive it? Come on, think about it. Is he really receiving it? Because he, he's a holy God. Have no other gods before me. You're giving because you have a God of fear in your life. You're giving because you have a God that you think that's going to curse you and kill you when you get in your car. And that's your idol. And so that's what forces you to give because you think that I'm a mean, unloving, uncaring God. And so now you give something holy that is contaminated with fear. He's holy. Come on now. He says, do not be conformed, molded, or shaped. But then he says, but be transformed. That Greek word, metamorphosis. Come on now, I, I like that. that uh, the metamorphosis, come on now. Uh, the change of inwardly and fundamentally changing in our character permanently. Come on now. Transform the model reflection of superiority to what the world displays. The believer is superior to anything. 
Oh, see, this, see, we don't like this. Come on now. When God is holy in your life, come on now, it represents the reflection of his superiority. So whatever you face, God has already conquered it. Come on now. God has it under control. Come on now. Uh, so your life has to be superior to the things that the world displays that does what? That denounces, devalues, and disregards God as being the sovereign God in your life. Who? God is sovereign. And because he's sovereign, he can do what he wants to, when he wants to, how he wants to, and where he wants to. He's holy enough to understand that pain and death and grief may cause you a problem, but then turn around on the other side and look somewhere else and bless somebody and heal them of a miracle and give them supernatural increase. But he's holy enough to understand that if you allow me to be sovereign, if you allow me to be God in your life, that my plans for you are not to destroy you, but they are to prosper you. But I'm still sovereign. Who? That doesn't feel good. I'm still sovereign. Although you might be crying and although you lost grandmama, but your friend kept their grandmama, I'm still sovereign. I'm still holy. I'm still God. I haven't lost any power. I haven't lost any sleep. I haven't lost any control. I'm still holy. And as long as you allow me to be holy in your life, you'll see my will and my plan prosper in your life. Come on. Come on now. Be transformed. Be changed permanently. He says that after you present your body as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable to God. The approved lifestyle that you should be living. Come on now, the, 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 the acceptable lifestyle that causes me to be holy in your life. But he says you can't stop there. For God to remain holy, he says don't conform. But then he says as you don't conform, you've got to make sure that you don't, that you be transformed, that you be changed. Come on now. That you be permanently changed by what? Uh, uh, the renewing, come on now, of your mind. Huh, I'm talking to the believer today. Uh, the renewing of your mind. Come on now. The renewing of your mind. Focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. Woo! Come on here. Uh, I, I got to be transformed. The, the metamorphosis of permanent change in my life. It's not by your works. It's by the power of God that takes place in your life. God being holy in your life. Come on here. Uh, when, when we look at church now, uh, we, we, we believe that God is supposed to be watered down and that God is supposed to accept my lifestyle. 
that God is supposed to accept how I feel, that God is supposed to understand what I want, and that God is supposed to allow me to do what I need to do until I'm ready. No, 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 no. God is holy, and he doesn't have to accept anything that doesn't represent his holiness. If it's not holy, I don't accept it. If it's not holy, I don't want it. If it's not holy, I don't like it. I'm not conforming to your way. I'm not conforming to your pity party. I am holy. Whew. Come on. Come on, stay with me. Uh, the, the world has taught us now uh, that we really don't have to trust in God because there is no God. The devil is a lie. The only way you woke up this morning is because there is a God who created breath before you were ever put here on earth. And he allowed the breath that he created to be put into your body to wake you up. There is no scientist that can see your breath. Come on now. There is no scientist that can gauge how long you will breathe. That means that there is a God somewhere that knows how to control breath in your body. I know that there are all types of medical things that we can say. And, you know, God is science. No, 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 no. God is bigger than science. Come on now. Science is under the control of God's hand. Come on now. Uh, science is not God. And science does not overrule. It does not overpower. Science is submitted to God's creation because he created science. He created the molecule. He created what? The cells and the atoms. Everything that you do in medicine, he created it. He's holy enough to allow you to have the mind, some of the mind. Huh, come on now, to bring it to pass. Come on now, God is holy. Come on now, we begin to talk about so many things that denounce, devalue, and disregard God as being holy. He's holy. Come on, somebody say he's holy. He's holy. Being renewed with the changing of your mindset. Come on now. Being renewed with the changing of your mindset. Sometimes the enemy will come in and cause you to feel as if you did it. Come on now. Your success will cause you to believe that you did it. Uh, you, you know, your, your, your prayers will cause you to, to believe that your prayers forgave you, uh, that your prayers restored, come on now, uh, that your prayers reconciled you back to relationships that have been broken, that your prayers gave you another chance, uh, that your tithe, that your seed that you gave to the prophet that ain't living right, that ain't preaching right, but he took your money and because you don't understand that God is holy, you just gave a seed to something that has not been acceptable to God and you keep on giving and you wonder why all hell keeps breaking loose in your life because you think your seed is doing it. No, 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 no. It is the holiness of God that allows your seed to break and reopen for you. It is not your money. It's not your intellect. It's not your wisdom. It's God being holy in your life. Woo. Go to Titus 3 and 5. Come on. That's why you need your Bible. Go to Titus. If you got your phone, go to Titus 3 and 5. Got to talk to the believer. Come on. Come on, Elder Raheem. Come on, stay with me, y'all. Come on, Rev, stay with me. Ah, come on. Come on, Bishop. You're supposed to have it. You're supposed to have it before the people. 
Come on, say hurry up, Bishop. <laughs> Somebody read Titus 3 and 5. I can't find it in my Bible right now. Come on, hurry up. Carrie, stop laughing. Carrie, find Titus 3 and 5 and read it. Read it. No, 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 no. You got to stand up and read it. No, 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 no. Stand up and read it, daughter. Come on. Read. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't be giving me. And he said that I want to read. Come on here, girl. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. When you were once foolish. When we all care, care, get ready. Get, get ready. I might call you to read again. <laughs> Don't be afraid that they're going to put on Instagram. They're going to see you being holy in church today. <laughs> y'all remember we went to church and everybody's like, please do not let them ask me because I was at Vail's last night. <laughs> please do not let them turn on the lights. Because the bishop was down there watching Mary J. Blige the other night, and now he's in church talking about being holy. A little fun, a little fun, a little fun. Everybody laugh, everybody laugh. We were once in sin, but because of the grace of God, because of his power, his, his mercies, his heartfelt compassion towards you and I, and through the power of the Holy Ghost, the regeneration of, of, of the power of the Holy Ghost, you and I were regenerated, come on now, from what we were to what we are today, holy. Huh, come on now, holy. Everybody say holy. Come on, everybody say, I'm holy. See, if you never believe that you're holy, then it's going to be hard for God to see your acceptable presentation as being holy unto him. If God is not holy enough in your life, then how can he be holy enough to answer your prayer? Think about that. If God... It's not holy enough to be God in your life. Then how do you pray to a God that's not holy enough to bring you through whatever situations you're in, to bring you out of whatever places you might be in, whether it's your fault, whether it's by life circumstances, God must be holy in your life. So when we are transformed, come on, Josh. Come on, worship. Y'all get ready. Y'all get ready. Come on, come on, come on. We're going into worship. Come on, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. So when we are transformed, come on, come on up behind me. So when we are transformed, the metamorphosis of being permanently changed by the renewing of our mindset, we do three, three things happen. And you guys heard me mention this on Sunday, and, 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 and I'll give this to you to just remind you of 
how God is made holy or how we allow God's name to be holy to him. We do what? We separate his name from anything that is unclean, impure, contaminated, or considered to be holy. But when God becomes holy in our lives, we separate ourselves from anything that is unclean, impure, or that contaminates God's holiness in our temple. When we see God as being holy, we separate him from unclean things, impure things. When God becomes holy in our life, we separate ourselves from the same thing. God can't be separated from what you and I are connected to. And we say that he's holy in our life. That's a contradiction of who he is. It's a contradiction that something is unequally yoked in the relationship that we have with the Father. The Father can't be holy and, uh, and abide in something that is unholy. Impossible. It's impossible. I don't care who tells you that God is living in your life. If you don't see and understand that God is holy, he's just a God to you, that's all. And more than likely, that God is not going to be the God that answers anything for you because you don't understand the sovereignty. And we've allowed people to get away with that for, oh, well, God is living in the... No, he cannot be. And you're sitting up here saying that, that you don't like God and, 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 and that God ain't real. He's sitting there saying, uh, I don't know how I can truly dwell in something that rejects me. Come on now, look at me. Because see, this is what, this is what the world wants us to conform to. That, that you don't have to like God, but God has to love you unconditionally. <laughs> That's all you get is unconditional love. Just because you get unconditional love doesn't mean that it's always good. I love you unconditionally. You act a fool, I love you unconditionally. You cut somebody out, I love you unconditionally. But when God is holy in your life, and we begin to separate ourselves from things that are unclean, impure, things that, that will contaminate God's holiness in our life, your life will change. Everything about your life will change. When we allow God to become holy, we do what? Number two here. We separate ourselves from vain, high, and lofty, wicked, uncontrolled imaginations that exalt our flesh above God's holiness in our life. When we see God as being holy, we do what? We separate his name from all other names. I taught you this on last week, and God gave this revelation to us. God's name, Raymond, is the only name that's not connected to any other name. My name, Freddie James Graves Jr., is connected to my father's name. His father, 
His name is connected to his father's name. His father's name is connected to his father's name and his father's name and his father's name. Uh, your name is connected the same way. Uh, when we see LeBron James and all of his power, when we see uh, all of the billionaires and all of their power, their name is connected to somebody else's wealth. Come on now. But when we see the name of God, his name is God. Period. There is no other name that connects to the name of God. His name is God. He is God and God all by himself. He doesn't need your help. He doesn't want my help. All he wants is to be God in my life. God never asked for your help. He asked for your obedience. He asked for your submission. He asked for your life. He asked to be God in your life. Come on now. He never asked you to do him any favors. He never asked you to turn any tricks. He never asked you to give him a suggestion. He never asked for you to give him an idea. He's God all by himself. If he wants an idea, he'll put it in your brain and ask you to bring it to fruition. His name is higher than any name. When God becomes holy in our life, number three, we separate ourselves from any and all accusations. I want to say this again. Because we got to stop right here. Because this is ruining my young people right here. We, and I'm going to say it right here, the bishop, the men of God, the believers of the church, the believers of the church, we separate ourselves from any and all accusations of immoral behavior or conduct, sin and iniquity that brings any reproach against God's holiness that dwells in our lives. There is no excuse. How can God be holy in the church? And the church is the biggest meme of accusation and immoral behavior in the entire world. You will go on YouTube today and see all types of immoral conduct of the church on YouTube in conversations. Uh, every week, Larry Reed is exposing immoral conduct of the church. And he has thousands of views because of immoral conduct. He's making money off of immoral conduct of the church. Are you, oh, come on now. That should hurt. How do we say that God is holy and we make money off of immoral conduct? We should be ashamed of ourselves. We laugh at it. We joke about it. We go home and we gossip about the preacher who knows that he's failing. And this young generation, they laugh at us 
And they have no respect for us, Brittany. They have no respect for this. They think that this, they think that this is wrong. They think that the way that I'm dressed today, Raymond, is wrong. They, 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 I, I go outside right now and they start running. I did it two weeks and they started running from me because they said, I don't want that God. I don't want that God. Whoa, whoa, time out, time out. What God are you talking about? Because you don't even know what God you're talking about. You're confused. What God are you talking about? I don't like that God. What God are you talking about? Make it plain. Make it clear. Oh, yeah, I don't believe in that God. What God don't you believe in? Come on now. When God becomes holy, we got to settle on this third one right here because our children need this. Our generation needs this. I'm not saying that you cannot enjoy yourself. That is not what I'm saying. And if you feel that way, then, then, then feel that way. But I'm not going to conform. We should not be thriving off of accusation and immoral conduct. Come on now. How do we see? How do we see the world today? The world says... That you can have lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. And because you got so much money, you can delay people's truth. And so now, if we don't watch it, November 4th or 2nd, everything that's supposed to happen good can go left, 8th. Because we're going to allow politicians to tell us what to do and to tell us how to raise our kids. You can't, you can't, you can't discipline your child now because a politician told you that what you're doing to that kid is wrong, but then that kid grows up and he cusses you out and he shoots his mama brains out. And they do nothing to help him but send him to jail for the rest of his life. But then tell the mama and daddy who God gave authority to to train up that child in the way that they should go. The government says and the world says, just put them in a corner, baby, and give them a time. You see that that kid at the age of three has a major attitude problem. Time out ain't going to help him. You see that that kid needs men in his life. And you're taking fathers out of children's lives. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Fathers are walking away from their responsibility because it gets hard. It's hard being a man, but somebody has to do it. It ain't easy. It's difficult to make the decision on am I going to train my children to serve God or am I just going to put them in sports every Sunday? And never teach them that church matters. And when they get millions of dollars, they run off. And they get caught up in all types of stuff. Because we never gave them God being holy in their life. Come on, y'all. Sunday has become the biggest social hour in America. 
There are more people at a social event right now because we say that I can get church anywhere. But God says that if I'm holy, you will devote the hour that belongs to me or the two hours that whether you're sitting in front of a camera at home, whether you're in person, is God holy? I remember, come on, Sunday, the TV didn't come on. Sunday, there wasn't no talking about idle conversation. You talked about God. And if you didn't talk about God, don't talk about nothing else. If you didn't go to church, you didn't eat dinner. If you didn't go to church, you had to go somewhere else. And you had to wait until mama and daddy got back home after 7 o'clock because they had three services. And we complain about that today. Uh, 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 church is just too long and, and, and church is just this. But, but, but we don't complain about the basketball game. We don't complain about tailgating. I, I didn't know that they tailgate starting at midnight downtown. Not the first time I ever saw it. I, I didn't know. I'm like, what are people doing out here? They tailgate. I'm like, at midnight? But we complain about making God holy in our lives. Lift your hands. Come on, church. I urge you, rock church. The Lord is urging us that we present our bodies as a living, acceptable, and holy sacrifice. He's urging us not to conform to the ways and the superficial values and the customs of this world that draw us away from God being holy in our life, uh, that contaminate the acceptable sacrifice. He's urging us, he says, be ye transformed. Allow the power of God's power and grace to permanently change your mindset and how you see me. And how you pray to me. He says, allow the renewing of your mind to draw you closer to me so that I am made holy. So that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is and what his plans are that concern you. Come on, stand on your feet. Come on, just say, God... You're holy. Come on, say, God, you're holy. God, you're holy. I want you to be holy in my life. How do I allow God to become holy in my life? I, I separate myself from the things that are impure and unclean. Things that are contaminated that 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 pull me away from God being holy and that that draw God away from me 
that block and hinder God from being holy in my life. I, I separate myself from the high, lofty, wicked, uncontrolled imaginations that exalt itself, my flesh, that accuses God of things that he's never done, that accuses God for not being God in my life, for not being a savior, for not being the healer, for not being the deliverer. I denounce those things now. Father, for you to be holy in my life, we separate ourselves from any and all accusations of immoral behavior and conduct. Iniquity. Now somebody's going to say, well, Bishop, it sounds like you're saying that God wants us to be perfect. When God is holy in your life and God becomes holy in our life, he then begins to perfect that which Christ has already perfected, is now being perfected in you and I, Christ-like living. Well, Bishop, what do I do when a thought comes in my mind? You cast it down and you denounce it. What do I do when I want to go back to what I was doing? You keep walking the way that you're walking. And you don't turn around. And you don't go back to it. What do I do, Bishop? When the struggle is there, you cause God to be holy enough in your life to pull you out. Bishop, what do I do when I haven't prayed and I haven't honored God in so long? You just start right now. And it's very easy. You just simply address him and you hollow his name and you make his name holy. You separate him. God It's not equal to you and I. Come on. What do I do, Bishop? I'm just going through right now. I need to make some money, and all I know is how to sell drugs. You better call God holy and ask God to be holy enough in your life to give you an idea to give you a witty invention that comes straight from heaven that allows you to start your own business. What do I do, Bishop? And I just got out of jail and, and all I know is doing it the wrong way. He's holy enough to restore you. He's holy enough to reconcile you. He's holy enough to clean you up where you'll never have to work for another man. He'll give you everything that you need, but you got to allow him to be holy. Come on. As you lift your hands, I want you to lift your hands as a sign that God is holy not only is he holy in heaven but he's holy in my life and because he's holy I submit to him we submit to his sovereignty we, we submit to the plan and the will of God we, we submit to the 
to the spiritual, natural metamorphosis of a change that is going to take place in my mind. The regenerating of the power of Christ. The cleansing, the washing. That God is being perfected in my life. Come on. That Jesus is being perfected in my life. The, the works of Christ are, are being perfected in my life because I serve a God who's holy, who abides in my body. The, the temple, the, my body is the temple of holiness. My body is the temple of God's presence. My mind is the temple where God dwells and he abides and he legislates. He owns every thought. He controls every idea. He controls. He's, he's the controller. He's the deliverer of every issue that enters into my mind. Come on now. My mind is not higher than God's holiness. And so I denounce right now anything that desires to exalt itself. I denounce uncontrollable, wicked, and lofty, and high imaginations that tell me that I'm nothing, that tell me that God is not good enough, that tell me that I can do it without God that God doesn't love me that God doesn't care about me that there is no God I denounce everything that devalues and disregards and denounces God being holy in my life come on church keep your hands right there come on God is working come on come on come on Come on, be intentional. Come on, come on, denounce it. Come on now. I want you to open up your mouth. Whatever thought that you thought in your mind that God wasn't good enough, denounce it right now and declare that God is holy in your mind, that God is holy in my conversation, that God is holy in my money. He's holy in my health. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy enough to heal me from diabetes. He's holy enough. He's holy enough to resurrect me from anxiety. He's holy enough. Come on. I want you to just say it. Depression and God being holy. Hallelujah. Come on now. Don't agree. Come on now. Hallelujah. God is holy in my mind. Hallelujah. He'll cover me in the moments uh, where I feel feel like I should give up, where I feel like I should just turn over and not get up, I, I, where I feel like it's just not going to work. He's holy. He's holy. His plans are to prosper me and not to destroy me. God is a holy God. How can I destroy what I created? How can I destroy my likeness and my image? that I placed in you. Come on, hear God. As you keep your hands lifted, oh, there's a shift. Come on. Come on, son. The idols of procrastination be destroyed. The idols of doubt and unbelief be destroyed. 
the idols and the flesh hooks of unbelief be destroyed now. The idols of the world's conformity of their customs and their sayings be destroyed now in our life. For you are God and you are God alone and alone you are God. Come on, keep your hands steady. Come on. Come on, keep your hands steady. Come on, keep your hands right there. Come on. Come on, let the holiness. Holy Father, fall on us. The lifting of my hands represent gates Father we give you access Father we give you permanent access and we ask that with this access that you never leave us as David said take not your spirit and your presence away from me come on Father, you make all things new. Come on. The Father. you're holy all things have become new old things have passed away just lift your hands shuffle hard give thanks to the holy one give Thanks because he's given 
Jesus Christ, Son, give thanks. Rest on our children, Father. Rest on our babies, Father. Father, I thank you that you keep our parents, our mothers and our fathers, our single families, our blended families. Father, we, I just ask now that you be holy in the house again, that you be holy at the dinner table again, that you be holy in the car and you be holy at the football game and the baseball game and holy in school and holy at work. Father, I thank you right now that you're holy in every way of our lives, oh God, that, that you are holy in this country again, that we, that we cause you and allow you to become holy in America again, oh God. That the Sunday morning experience is a devoted, consecrated, and holy thing, O oh God. That Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, 24 hours, seven days a week, that you're holy, O oh God. Father, we thank you now that you be holy in every decision. You be holy in every choice. I don't know who you are, but there's somebody here and you're looking to make a career change and you've just been waiting on the right move. Allow God to be holy in the decision that you're making. Allow God to lead and direct you, whoever you are. You're looking and you're looking to shift. I pray for those that are looking to relocate. And so I pray now for provision. I pray that the job is already there. I pray that the school is now there for your children. If you have children, I, I'm praying now for proper vehicles. I'm, I'm praying now that debts will be canceled before you leave, that you will not leave with the old baggage. And that in this new wine skin of a new of a of a relocation, that there'll be fresh oil of increase and provision. Father, I thank you for jobs and better jobs. Father, I thank you now in Jesus' name.